0: Some of the comments that I'll be making this morning are uh, borrowed from uh, Dr. Uh, F. Dale Bruner and his commentary on the Gospel of John. We bow our heads and pray. Almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be acceptable to you through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. Amen. Our gospel reading for this morning from John 14 begins at verse 1. And so I want to read the first part of that verse. Our Lord says, Do not let your heart be troubled. Now he's speaking here to his disciples. And we may wonder, Why would they be troubled? Well, maybe they're troubled by what they've just heard him say. At the end of John 13 where Jesus announces to his disciples one of you will betray me and a short time later when Peter stands up and says Lord I will lay down my life for you Jesus asks him will you really do that for me Peter no I tell you Before the sun rises, you'll be telling everyone that you don't even know me. And then after that, he shared with them, saying, you will all fall away this evening. That's why the disciples are troubled, and they should be. And I think we should be troubled by that as well. Would we have done any better that evening? Are we stronger than those disciples were that night? If we had been there on that evening when our Lord was being arrested, would we have stood our ground rather than run away as the others did? When when no one else would claim to know him Would we have stood up and affirmed our knowledge of him? It's a good question. That's why he says don't let your hearts be troubled. And that takes us to Roman number one in the outline. Our unreliability ought to trouble us. We're weak. But Jesus' point is this. We should not remain troubled. We shouldn't stay troubled. Why? He gives us the reason in verse 1, part 2, where he says, Believe in God. Believe also in me. To believe in God is to believe in Jesus. To believe in God is to believe in the mercy of God that is available for you in Jesus. And to believe in God is to believe in the full forgiveness of sins that we have through Jesus and through Christ alone. That's why we may stop being troubled by even our most egregious sins because they are no more in Christ. Roman numeral two, what we call heaven, Jesus describes as where I am. Verses two and three, in my Father's house are many dwelling places, If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. Meaning, he's departing this world to prepare a place for us in heaven. And the very beginning of that departure is the cross. That's his exodus from Jerusalem and from this world, where he bears the sin of the world. He's going there now to prepare our place in heaven by doing that. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be as well. You see, wherever he is, that's where heaven is. And it's interesting. In the Greek text, nine times in these two sentences, he identifies himself personally with heaven. In verse two, if it were not so, I would have told you, for I go and I prepare a place for you. And if I go and I prepare a place for you, I will come again and I will receive you to myself that where I am, you may be as well. That personal pronoun I and and that reflexive pronoun myself Drive home the point that wherever he is, that's where we find heaven. Verses 4 through 6. And you know the way where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Roman numeral three in your outline, a quote from Dr. Bruner. The knowledge that God exists comes to us from creation. But the who of God, access to the Father, knowledge of the person of God and his deep love for the whole world Jesus reserves to himself alone. And the church believes him. And if we do not believe him, we are not his church. The the world calls us intolerant or narrow-minded because we believe that he is the way, the truth, and the life. But You know, truth is always narrow. If something's wrong, it can't be right. Two plus two equal four. Not five or six. Always and only, it's four. Besides, I'm not the one claiming to be the way, the truth, and the life. No one in the church makes that claim. Only our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ makes that claim. And he backs it up by rising from the dead, proving the truthfulness of what he has said. I don't believe anyone who calls us narrow-minded has ever risen from the dead to prove their point. We'll believe Jesus on this. Verses 7 through 9. Our Lord says, If you'd known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it's enough for us. It's as if he's saying, (laughs) Lord, show us the first-string quarterback, okay? Show us the varsity. They want something more than what's standing in front of them. But what's standing in front of them, the who, that person is all that there is to know about God. And they will soon grasp that truth. Roman numeral three, part A. We cannot see God's face. As God said to Moses on Mount Sinai, no one can see my face and live. That that is God dwelling in unapproachable light. That's his face. But we can see his heart. And his heart is his most important part. And that's affirmed in John 1.18, where the apostle writes, no one has seen God at any time, meaning face to face. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, who is the Father's heart, he has made him known. He has revealed him. You see, Jesus is the living, beating heart of God Himself. Someday we'll see God face to face, but all there is to know about God is already available to us in Christ Jesus, our Savior. He is the very core of who God is. Letter B, God's address, we might say, is Jesus. Jesus. Revelation 22 describes heaven, the the new heavens and the new earth. And the Apostle John speaks of the throne of God and of the Lamb. They share, these two persons share the very same throne. Where you find the one, you'll find the other. Never apart. Letter C, everything there is to know about God is found in Christ. You see, verses ten and eleven. Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? See, that's that's the address of God. It's in Jesus. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own initiative, but the Father abiding in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe because of the works themselves. The only way any of us know God is through his words and through his works. And according to Jesus, the very words and the very works of God the Father are the words and the works of Jesus Christ himself. So, letter D to every human being who wants to know God, Jesus says, in effect, welcome home. You are looking at him. Roman numeral four, the application. Now that we have full access to God's heart, and that that being Christ himself, Jesus invites us to act and to ask boldly in his stead. We, we read in verse 12 that Jesus said, greater works than these that you've already seen, I will do when you ask in my name. And so how can we be involved in greater works than our Lord has done? Letter A. In Christ's state of humiliation, He does not always or fully use his divine powers. During his earthly ministry, he laid aside his privileges. He he lays aside his divine powers in many circumstances, and that's what enables him to suffer and die in our place for our sins. But now, after his resurrection, in his state of exaltation, he always and fully uses his divine powers for the salvation of the world. When he lays aside his powers, he does it for the salvation of the world. When he takes up fully his powers once again, he does it for the spread of that gospel and for the salvation of all the earth. Letter B. We have to avoid two ditches here. We have to avoid the signs and wonders ditch. And there are those in the church who say that if we don't do spectacular signs and wonders, that we don't have the Spirit of God, or that, that Jesus hasn't sent us, and, and that's simply false. And our Lord even warned against that very thing when He said, "Not everyone who says to me, "Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven." You know Many will say to me in that day, "Lord, Lord." We did many miracles in your name, many spectacular signs and wonders. We cast out demons in your name. And our Lord will say, Depart from me. I never knew you. No. That thinking is wrong. That insists that we must do certain things that are according to the will of God when and where he pleases, and not when and where we please. But the other ditch is that group of individuals that would say that miracles don't occur anymore. Signs and wonders cannot occur anymore. And we would say, God is in heaven. He will do whatever he pleases. And in fact, he continues to do miracles today as well. Number one, part B, whoever believes in me will do greater works according to our Lord. Christ will do these works through us. We see this on the day of Pentecost when Peter speaks and he proclaims the good news of our Lord and Savior Jesus and we read that 3,000 are converted and baptized in a single day. Later in Acts 17, Paul and companions are in Thessalonica and preaching the gospel, it causes a great stir. And and others complain. And they say, these men who have turned the world upside down have come here as well. And that's what our Lord was doing through his apostles. Through the simple proclamation of the word of God, turning the world upside down spiritually. And our Lord says in verse 13, this is letter B number 2, whatever you ask in my name, and in my name, asking in his name, acting on behalf of him in his name means as his representatives. We are to pray as his representatives. He says, I will do it. Now, that term, whatever, is very broad, isn't it? It's very broad. But it's qualified by this phrase, in my name, meaning as his representatives. In other words, whatever we ask in a way that he would ask, he will do, and he promises that. Whenever we pray as he prays for the things that matter to him and that that he would pray for, he will do these things. And the best example of how our Lord prays is, of course, in the Lord's Prayer itself. When we pray that his name would be hallowed, treated as holy by everyone, he will hear. When we pray for his kingdom to come and for his will to be done, he will answer, When we pray for daily bread and all that we need to support this body and life, He will do it. He's promised. When we pray that we might forgive others as we have been forgiven ourselves, He will ensure it. When we ask Him to keep us from those tests, those temptations that would surely overwhelm us. He will do that as well and not allow us to be tested beyond what we're able to bear. When we ask him to keep us from the evil one and from falsehood, from false teaching, he will honor that request as well. The Lord gives us freedom to ask for anything in his name as he would ask. So this is not an opportunity for the flesh for the sinful nature to seek its own desires. No, the Lord will not hear those prayers graciously and and gratefully, we, we may add. But we have the mind of Christ. We know God as he is because of Jesus. We know what God desires. We know his heart and that changes the way we pray. Now we pray for whatever our Lord desires for our spouse, for our children, for our parents, for our fellow members, for our community. We we pray as Jesus would pray, and the Lord hears, and the Lord answers. And our Lord's desires in prayer are far more miraculous, and they're far more beneficial than any of my fleshly desires could ever be. We know God. Because Christ has come and I like the way the prophet Jeremiah put it in chapter 31 where the Lord says this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days I will put my law into their minds I will inscribe it on their hearts I will be their God they will be my people and there will be no need for a man To say to his brother, know the Lord. For they will all know me. From the least to the greatest. For I will forgive their sins. I will remember their iniquities no more. That's who God is. That's the core of his being. Forgiveness, love, and mercy for all who err. We know that, because of Jesus Christ. Now we know how to pray, what to ask for, and now we know how to serve one another as we've been served, because we know the heart of God. And by his grace, we reflect that heart to one another. In Jesus' name, amen. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Please stand for the prayer of the church. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, everlasting Father, your Son has revealed you to us as the merciful God you are. Give to us your Holy Spirit that we may believe in him whom you have sent and do the greater works he has told us that we will do in his name. Lord, in your mercy, Lord God, you've promised to build up your church to be a holy priesthood, that your people might offer the spiritual sacrifices of praise and thanksgiving acceptable to you. Bless our church and bring all congregations back together again. Bless all pastors who proclaim Christ to us. Bless all church workers and those preparing. For full time church vocations, that your church may be supplied with faithful leaders and servants of your word. Lord, in your mercy. Holy God, your power brought all things into being, and you still preserve what you've made. Bless our President, the Congress of these United States, our Governor all elected and appointed civil servants, so that they may honor you and your purposes, establishing order and justice, encouraging virtue and protecting all life from the womb to the tomb. Give wisdom and moderation to them for the well-being of this entire nation. Lord, in your mercy, merciful father you have compassion upon the sick and all who are in need you've promised not to ignore them in the midst of their affliction we lift up to you Tammy Stan Danny Chris Linda George Mary Ann and others silently in our hearts Hear us on behalf of these, your people, grant healing, health to body and mind, according to your gracious and merciful will. Lord, in your mercy. Yeah. Gracious God, you've established the home as the most basic unit of government on earth and you have blessed those who show us your love. On this Mother's Day, we thank you for the faithful women you've placed over us. Bless all mothers and all children in their care. Bless all families and make their homes places of blessing and love where your word is spoken, where forgiveness reigns, and where love is displayed. Give us good examples to inspire youth to all that is good and pure and to seek after those things which are above. Lord, in your mercy. Here are you. Heavenly Father, you've given us the wisdom of faith that through the Spirit we might know your Son to be the way, the truth, and the life. Bless all those who teach and all who learn that the goal of our knowledge may be to know Christ and to make him known. Do not let your word be bound, but let it have free course among us. Preserve those in isolation. Preserve them from idleness. And instead, let all of our minds be renewed daily in scripture and in prayer. Lord, in your mercy. Compassionate Father, you are not aloof from the needs of this body and life you've called us to love our neighbor in need and to give aid to the poor give us courage and faith that we may not fear sharing the resources you have supplied with those who live in want especially the widow, the orphan and those who are unemployed grant employment to all who seek it and let love be perfected among us to drive out selfish fears. Lord, in your mercy. Eternal Father of eternal mercy, you have raised up witnesses in every age and blessed us with those who endured suffering and even death because of faithfulness to Christ. We give you thanks for these faithful saints and martyrs and we pray that you will make us strong when we face the day of our testing, that at length we may be brought with them into the joy of your presence and the glory of everlasting life. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.